from Car Rigs and Ingram, this is It Figures, the CRI podcast, an accounting, advisory, and industry-focused podcast for business and organization leaders, entrepreneurs, and anyone who is looking to go beyond the status quo. Hello and welcome to an episode of the CRI It Figures podcast. Today we're going to be addressing some COVID-19 governmental questions. For people who've listened before, they'll, they'll recognize me. My name's Robert Lemon. I'm an audit partner from the Gainesville office in Florida. And with me, as always, is Ray Roberts. Ray, do you want to introduce yourself for people who don't know you? Thanks, Rob. Yeah, my name is Ray Roberts. I'm the, the partner in charge of the government industry line, and I'm, I live out in Albuquerque, New Mexico been doing government audits for quite some time and been on a variety of different committees. And uh, for some reason, they keep having me back for these uh, podcasts. So I'm glad to be here. (laughs) Thank you, Ray. We couldn't do it without you. Also with me today is Jason Harp. He's done a couple before, but uh, Jason, for people who haven't heard your previous podcast, do you want to introduce yourself, please? Uh, Yeah, thanks. Uh, uh, As Rob said, I'm Jason Harp. I'm an uh, audit partner in the Birmingham, Alabama office and do a good bit of of government auditing and consulting and have played in this arena for a while and certainly uh, have been busy here in the last few weeks as uh, things start rolling out related to funding. So look forward to answering a few questions today. Thank you, Jason. And we have a fourth member of the team today. Uh, Someone new to the team, David Alvarez, is joining us as well. managed to corral him into this because he is really, really knowledgeable on all of this COVID-related funding stuff. So, David, do you want to introduce yourself, please? Yeah, sure. My name is David Alvarez. I'm an audit partner in our uh, Tampa Bay uh, offices of Carriggs and Ingram. Um, I have listened to plenty of podcasts in my life. However, this is my first time being on one, and I'm very excited about today's event. And we are excited to have you, David. This is a really strong team. Although I must say, for for listeners who've heard our previous podcast and are wondering where has Becky gone, I should apologize. We're going to try and get her back, but she's really busy right now doing some excellent consulting work with a lot of her Louisiana clients, helping them deal with all this COVID funding. So she's a little bit tied up, but we're going to get Becky back once she uh, gets through this busy period. But... uh, Other than that, we're going to do the usual format. I've got a a bunch of questions here that I've been hearing from clients and other other partners and and team members. So I'm going to throw these questions out there and and see who on the team wants to tackle some of them. So I'm going to start off with with one that I've seen in the news, and and I'm not sure where it landed, but but basically, what is the latest in terms of additional funding and stimulus money that's coming? Uh, I've heard the House has been approving things and that it's not getting through the Senate. But does anyone know, I've heard big, big numbers about more stimulus packages coming through the House and the Senate. Anyone know where that's at and what the latest is? Hey, Rob, this is Ray. I'll take that one. It's called the HEROES Act that's has gained so much attention in the last week or so. The HEROES Act has actually been passed by this, the House, but it, it's kind of ran up against a wall in the Senate. You know, there's $3 trillion. That's just like real money there. But $500 billion to direct directly to the states, 375 directly to local governments, you know, 20 million, I mean, 20 billions to tribes and 20 million, 20 billion. See, I'm just not even used to using those words uh, to direct U.S. territories. So it's just a lot of money. You know, it's it's passed, like I said, it's passed the House. It had its first reading in the 
the Senate, but it's not going to go anywhere in this present form for a variety of reasons. You know, the Senate, you know, it's, it is a political year. Uh, the Senate thinks it's $3 trillion. Is this a little bit too much money? Okay. Maybe, maybe not. And especially since the last $3 trillion between funding and loans hasn't even been implemented yet. So they don't know how uh, that's going to react. So that's the thought process. Uh, but more than likely, it's not going to pass in the current form. Uh, Mitch McConnell, he uh, in the last day or two has said something. Yeah, maybe we'll need some kind of uh, additional funding, but it's not going to be the Heroes Act in its present form. But they're just just a lot of money, and more money for PPP, more money for hazard pay, tax credits and deductions, COVID testing. You know, another round of twelve hundred dollars stimulus to the each individual. Plus 14 other departments have been, federal departments have been affected by this. So it's kind of all over the barnyard. The big hangups for the Senate is it's going to extend the $600 unemployment a week uh, benefit. And they're having trouble getting people to come back to work now because uh, it's too lucrative for them to stay home. And then also money going to non-citizens. That's a, a hot uh, political topic this year. So all said and done, will we, in my opinion, and it's my own personal opinion, will we get more funding? You bet. Will it be the HEROES Act getting $3 trillion? Not a chance. So uh, that's where we're at. But nothing's new as we sit here today. So so it's a case of watch this space, but you know something's going to come most likely. I think you're right. So uh, Ray, as well, I, I had to chuckle because when you were tripping up with your millions and your billions, because I remember when a million bucks was a lot of money, but it, it doesn't feel that way anymore with, with the numbers yeah, you're right. getting thrown out. But um, well, that's, that's a good answer and good good update, but everyone watch this space for, for additional funding. The next uh, thing, the next question I've got written down is specific to a question I heard from a, a smaller Florida municipality. Um, they've been hearing about new CDBG funding you know that's the the hood grant uh, that that does a lot of the that provides a lot of funding um they've heard that there's more cdbg funding they haven't received anything yet they're not sure what to expect trying to find information on it on this specific cdbg funding source and they're just trying to figure out what's going on and how do they get their cdbg money so anyone know know much about cdbg funding yeah rob hey this is jason i'll, I'll take that um you know, interestingly, and, and I've had several questions similar to this also, but for this specific question, I, I know you could go to the HUD website and they actually have already, uh, you know, based on formulas, have allocations for 2020 uh, for a lot of cities. And I, I'm actually looking at it now and I'm just scrolling down in Florida, you know, has got a, a number of cities that already have their allocation related to CDBG. And you know, where you're sitting uh, in Gainesville, uh, it's around 1.3 million. So you, you can already find a lot of these amounts if you know where to look. And and uh, most cities, I would imagine, have somebody designated, uh, you know, that, that could go out and search for these things. I know I spoke with one yesterday and it, it sort of it was, I believe, FEMA. And um, they had a representative in their city that kind of checks that. And they were aware of a couple of things that they were eligible for. So specifically, you know, related to this particular CDBG question, you, you can certainly find that information at HUD's website now. It's an Excel spreadsheet that you can see and find your city on and see if, if, uh, if anything's been allocated. So, so yeah, you can, you know, slowly, but stuff's beginning to come out similar to what Ray was saying. You can start 
finding things now, which is great news, uh, certainly as you budget and plan for your upcoming um, uh, federal programs. You know, one thing too, and I would imagine back to the old ARA days, you know, you probably would have questions related to compliance. And, and I would imagine any of these would be more high risk since, you know, they're making special allocations and doing greater funding. So I would caution uh, as you're getting this and planning, you know, be very careful related to compliance as you always should be, but know that these may be under the microscope, you know, even more than, than normal just because of the environment we're in. So, so they're out there and you can find them uh, if you know where to look. And if you don't, you know, contact one of us and we certainly could help you. That, yeah, that's a really good point you had there at the end, because Ray and I actually were chatting about this the other day about how, you know, if this is grant funding with a with an existing grant, you might feel, oh, I, I know the compliance requirements for this one, but we don't yet know whether there's going to be extra strings attached to, to the to the new money this year or what the, the, the 2020 compliance supplement is going to look like. So. Yeah, that, that's a good point you add in there. And, and also what you're saying about just the, the agency websites, like the HUD website or the FEMA website, takes a little bit of digging, but I've found that there is some good info out there. So I'm, I'm glad for this, this big CDBG grant. You, you, you knew where the, where the information specifically was and, and have given people good information to direct them there. So that's a good one. Thank you, Jason. So what have I got next? Here, here's the next on the list. And this is a short one, but a tricky one, I think. Does anyone know, has all of the CARES Act funding been paid out? Yeah, Rob, this is David. I can try and, and answer this one. And it's, yeah, you say it's a short question, but it definitely has a lot of pieces to it. And the first part is, is not exactly. Um, so the CARES Act did include a fund that was titled the Coronavirus Relief Fund. And that fund included $150 billion for governmental uh, uh, entities. Now, the majority of this money has been initially paid out by, by the Treasury, and the payments went first to states, to U.S. territories, to tribal governments, although tribal governments didn't get all of their allocation as of yet, there's still some coming to them. And then the U.S. Treasury directly paid local governments with populations over 500,000 uh, residents. So while all the money's been paid out, you know, the, 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 the easy question or the next question is some kind of posing it to myself as well. What about local governments with populations under 500,000 people? So, um, you know, as I said, I'm in Tampa, Florida. An example from here, um, the state of Florida was allocated $8 billion from the total $150 billion. Um, the state legislature here, you know, held back a portion of that for state-specific um, activities. The amounts for governments over 500,000 in population, their amount was was allocated, and that left about 1.3 billion. So that 1.3 billion is currently held by the state of Florida. That you know, in theory, is going to other local governments, but it's not yet been allocated to the end user. So yeah, it's been paid out, but not to the really the person who's going to be actually spending that money. Um, but then, kind of, you know, so how is that 1.3 billion going to be? dispersed to local governments. Um, you know, we don't really know that yet. Um, we're starting to see some more information. You know, for example, in Louisiana, I've seen that they're planning to open a portal in June and they've they've laid out that that, that portal is going to open for two weeks. And any government that has not yet received money through the CARES Act, through the Coronavirus Relief Fund, um, you know, through this portion, 
they can apply for, for money within that two week period. But if they miss that two week period, they're going to be, it's, you know, they're just kind of out of luck. And maybe there's additional funding down the road, as Ray kind of referenced uh, uh, earlier. I kind of expect something similar to be in other states of kind of how they deal with um, kind of passing this money out. Um, you know, there's another portion of the CARES Act that's really going to be available to, to, to local governments. Um, and this was money that went directly to um, healthcare providers. And I you know, just want to point out real quick for healthcare providers, kind of what I've seen with some of my clients um, that also that does include governmental healthcare providers. And also there's some availability in there for healthcare service providers. And you know, what's important there is for local governments that provide EMS service, they, they likely can get some funding through the CARES Act. And then the CARES Act also provided a bunch of funds to federal uh, agencies, and some of that being what uh, Jason just talked about with, with, with CDBG. So, you know, the amounts are not yet fully paid out, but, you know, the, what I've been advising people, and I just think it's hugely important, and we really saw it with the, the PPP loan process, is the money's going to absolutely go fast. So really acting quickly, being prepared, um, you know, kind of staying up, updated with all the, the various information that's coming out is very important. Um, maybe we'll get more more money, but you know, there's nothing guaranteed. Excellent stuff. That's that's a really narrow window, isn't it? That Louisiana have gotten. Just think. I mean, if yeah, it's pretty pretty incredible. Yeah, two weeks. If Florida does the same thing or something very similar, you know, two weeks to distribute 1.3 billion. That's a that's a hectic week, a couple of weeks. But Jason, actually, in Alabama, I think you you're, you were feeling that it's in a similar state as Florida, where. You know, it's currently the money's at the state level, and, and we're still waiting to see when the um, sort of the, the, the portal opens and the request period opens up. Is that right from from Alabama, Jason? Yeah, that's that's correct. Uh, I think as of today, we're still kind of on hold. Our our governor's already indicated that two hundred fifty million dollars of of Alabama's you know, CARES Act total allocation would go to local governments, and I think you know, you know that's what we're waiting around on is is what is the process going to be and and I guess my thoughts are it would be similar to probably something like Louisiana. There would be some window of opening and closing, you know, that you would have to pretty much be prepared to timely jump on, you know, what you want to submit if you're a local government to potentially be reimbursed. So, so I, I see it going probably like other states, you know, a pretty short time period. You better have your ducks in a row and, and get prepared. Yeah, that's absolutely what I'm hearing a lot of because I know we've got a lot of guys in the, in the firm who are, working on this and helping clients and trying to uh, be, you know, they're, they're really on top of the game ahead of ahead of everything. And, and it sounds like a lot of the states are in this holding pattern as of today. So we shall see, but it's going to be, I suspect, a pretty mad scramble to get to get the, everyone's share of the money. But yeah, we'll have to see. Let's, uh, let's move on to another question then. I've got the other one here, which, which talks about there was, after the CARES Act, there was a newer act uh, that gave a bit more funding. It was the PPP and Healthcare and Enhancement Act, and I, I, I've not heard as much about this. I had have the CARES Act. So, who's familiar with this latest act and wants to share a little bit of uh, information about how much is it and 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 just what 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 it's available for? No, I'll take that one, Rob. It goes along with some funding here. You know, the as most everybody knows the PPP loans have just, they were, this went crazy that first round and ran out of money pretty quick. And so Congress just knew they had to do something. And so they passed the PPP and Healthcare Enhancement Act. 
it was $484 billion. And the vast majority of that, 310 of it went to PPP uh, loans and uh, the EIDL loans, the Emergency Economic Injury Disaster Loans uh, or grants. Uh, so that's where most of it went. For the remaining part of the money, though, $75 billion went for hospital and healthcare providers, and it can be used for revenue replacement, which is uh, unusual so far through this process. Uh, usually it's just reimbursed for costs, but this is the first time that I know of that revenue replacement has been considered, and it's in the healthcare and hospital arena. So the t- there's also $25 billion for testing. Uh, this is a pool where some of the $11 billion goes straight to states, lo- localities, and tribes. This cannot be that part can't be used for revenue replacement, but it is for testing and contract tracing. So also a total of one hundred billion dollars in the healthcare enhancement part. Uh, so that's that's real money, and it, it it does help because most hospitals are really struggling now. Although they got plenty of work as it relates to COVID, but the rest of the hospitals where they make some money are shut down. And so this money will come in as a replacement. Uh, for the revenue they've lost while they're closed down. One thing that's come up here in New Mexico, you know, we're kind of weird in the fact that we we have sales tax on all our services, you know, so accounting services, legal services, and in some cases, medical services. And the taxation and revenue department uh, here in New Mexico has determined that this stimulus money, uh, that's revenue replacement, uh, will be subject to that sales tax or gross receipts tax, as we call it out here. So more to come on that. But anyway, that's out there. So you have to kind of watch out for that. Some of these things will start popping up that you might not expect, you know, on the PPP loans, you know, you can't, it's not taxable the income, but the, you can't, you can't deduct the expenses related to it. So it's a variety of different things. There's little hidden tidbits here and there that you got to watch out for or might get you in trouble. But I think the PPP Healthcare Enhancement Act is pretty straightforward. It's just trying to continue on with what was issued and expand on in the CARES Act. Yeah, but that is big news for healthcare providers, isn't it? Because I'm with you. This is the first time I've seen revenue replacement being allowed anywhere. So certainly big news for healthcare providers. And just on a sidebar, I mean, my wife works at a large hospital and, and she's been hearing how they're losing you know, millions of dollars a day. So, so that kind of goes hand in hand with what, what, what I'm seeing here locally and uh, we're, we're experiencing. But that's some really good information, like I said, especially for healthcare uh, providers. Next question I'll jump to here is, you know, I think we're all starting to see in our, in our states that, that the economy is trying to get moving again. And I've heard of some people asking questions about, are there any funding sources that can specifically help with, you know, getting the economy moving again and, and strengthening the local economy? Has anyone heard anything about this kind of funding being available? Uh, Rob, this is Jason. I, I actually have, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago, the Commerce Secretary uh, announced uh, uh, some grant funding uh, coming through the Economic Development Administration. And you can go to their website and get more information on that. It's www.eda.gov. And, and kind of with the theme of what we've been talking about earlier, this one's got a little bit different take. Uh, on on things that may be eligible for for funding, for instance, uh, you know, if you're doing any kind of economic recovery planning and preparing technical assistance strategies uh, to address any kind of you know economic type dislocations caused by the 
the pandemic, uh, you know, that, that could be eligible for this grant. Uh, any kind of preparing a plan to respond to any kind of future pandemic, uh, you know, if you're doing any of that, uh, it would be uh, eligible for some funding. Um, you know, also just entrepreneurial support programs uh, to diversify your economy. And, and I think interestingly in this one, it, it does some you know, funding for constructing public works and facilities that could support economic recovery. So, you know, and that even includes broadband. I know that's been a big uh, topic here in Alabama as far as allocating some some money to that. So these funds would, would address a lot of those. Um, and you could get details, like I told you, at the website. So there again, with the theme of what we're talking about, um, this is a little bit different, but it's certainly available and it's a good good bit of money I know you know billion here billion there so so anyway I think you know that that's one thing that you could look look at for you know getting the economy moving in your local government I would certainly visit visit that website and explore that so um, so anyway that I think that's interesting I agree yeah that and I think a lot of that money is gonna it could probably be spent now and it'll help the economy in the short term and, and it's designed to even help in the longer term because I think it's designed to strengthen infrastructure and, and, and uh, you know, economic development that'll have a long-term positive impact. But obviously, there'll be a short-term positive impact when you're, when you're spending the money right, right, right now and getting people uh, working on projects. So that's, that's again, as well, you, you gave another good reference to a, a useful site. So there's a lot of sites out there to, to try and keep on top of, but I think that's another good one to, to steer people to. But I'm going to wrap it up here with, with one final question. And, and this is, again, what we're dealing with right now is some schools are, uh, are still out. We're not sure when schools are going to be re reopening. And um, what school funding does anyone know is available to, to assist them with kind of like the disruption and that they're, they're suffering and, and trying to get, you know, keep, maintain the educational facilities whilst uh, in, this, in this situation. Does anyone know of any school-specific funding? Yeah, Rob, uh, this is David. Um, the CARES Act did um, include money for, for, for schools, um, you know, just about $28 billion, and they did split that between uh, K-12 through and, and higher education uh, institutions. And this money was intended to be spent, you know, in relation to, to, to school closures. Um, you know, I've got kids in the K-12 through uh, system um, and just kind of compare it to our experience over these last couple of months. And, you know, felt lucky that we were able, you know, to be able to support them in a distance learning uh, environment. But there's, you know, for large school districts, you know, here in Tampa, um, you, know, you have a, a lot of diversity amongst the population. Um, so being able to support a distance learning process for the rest of the population and improve uh, education technologies where um, that K, the portion of the K through 12 funding is really intended to go. Um, I will say that the Department of Education has put out a lot of information uh, in this area. Um, you know, and I, I say a lot in capital letters. Um, you know, I think it's interesting to, to compare, you know, kind of comparing, we've been doing a lot of comparing back to the PPP loan program where you know, the majority of the complaints that I had heard on that program was there's, there's not enough information. And now, you know, kind of in this area, you know, I think some of the complaints is going to be there's so much information. How do we even navigate this space? Um, you know, in K through 12, you know, kind of the main funding source, what they've called it, is the Education Stabilization uh, Fund. Um, you know, in, in this area, kind of, and in, in same thing in uh, higher ed, uh, education, 
the payouts are, are formula based. So it's you know primarily based on you know on populations, on enrollments, and that kind of that kind of, of information that schools and higher education facilities are are used to. But there is still an application process. Um, you know, for example, I was looking at it again today, and the, the higher education piece on the front cover of their application process it has a due date of June 29th. Um, you know, so again, another area. Um, with an, an end date, and you, know, you heard me say this before, but you know, I kind of discuss it every time I'm talking in these areas. Is that acting fast is is really key? Yeah, and that is a message I'm hearing time and again, just on these these webinar uh, these podcasts, and also just conversations that I've had. But David, I mean, you said you've got children. Do you know when they're going back? Um, you know, we've been getting a lot. There's been quite a few um, in the state of Florida, so through our uh, Education commissioner um, a survey sent out of asking parents when they're comfortable. Um, still don't, don't know for sure. I mean, we're expecting a regular start in the fall, but you know, this thing's been unpredictable every step of the way. Yeah, so still no clear answers. But what about you, Jason? You've got a little one. Any any definitive school return dates? I think they're going to wait a little later and, and reevaluate. I don't know anything's been set in stone so they're kind of a, a wait and see sort of thing but um as far as i know right now you know hopefully they intend on you know starting back up like normal i don't know whether they may continue i mean I, you know the e-learning process or remote learning um in the end i think alabama did a great job of of making that work i mean of course it probably wasn't quite as good as in classroom but I thought considering they basically had zero time to get it done, that it, it went off, you know, real well, at least in our school district. So, uh, so I think it's still, you know, wait and see, um, probably in Alabama, just as important. I think everybody's holding their breath about college football. So that may be the number one priority right now is, is that going to happen? So, um, but I think that may be wait and see too, but, but anyway, hopefully it'll all work, work out. Yeah, I know in Gainesville, everyone wants to see uh, football starting because we were just starting to build some momentum the past few years and, and trending upwards. But uh, hey, I don't want to digress because we could talk forever on college football. But what, what I'm hearing from all the questions definitely is there's still a lot of uncertainty and a lot of places to do the research, all the different agencies and, and the federal websites and, and it's, it's just a case of trying to keep up with the latest information and monitor all these sites. So I guess that's one of our biggest takeaways from today. Um, so I think that's a, that's a good place to sign off there. But hey, guys, I really, really appreciate you joining and, and answering those questions. David, terrific job for your first, uh, for your first one. So thank you. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. And, glad to, glad to oh, glad you liked it. We'll, we'll try and get you back. And uh, with that, I'm going to just thank everyone for listening. Um, please, if you need more information on any of these specific topics, please consider going to the CRI website, cricpa.com. There's a COVID page there with, with a lot of topics and there's a government specific section, some good articles and, and, and webinars that you can watch the recordings of and just a bunch of stuff that, that might be useful. And of course, you know, you're welcome to contact us. And, and if you've got specific questions, we'll, we'll try our best to answer. So with that, thank everyone again for listening and, uh, have a good day, everyone. Goodbye. If you want more CRI insights or are interested in learning about our firm, 
please visit our website at CRICPA.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of It Figures, the CRI podcast. You can subscribe to It Figures on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to your podcasts. If you liked what you heard today, please leave us a review. 